The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Right now, though, I welcome to the show Cahill Crow. Cahill is a Fianna Fáil TD for Clare. He's a member of the Oireachtas Health Committee. That health committee tomorrow are going to hear from the HSE about, amongst various other issues, the dysfunction in the system, in particular in our emergency departments. And Cahill, I assume from your point of view in the Midwest, in particular, the dysfunction in University Hospital Limerick. Uh, yes, uh, thanks, Kieran, for having me on the show. Uh, absolutely. Uh, just looking at the trolley numbers today, nationally we have 506 on trolleys, which is a long way down on 900 last week, but that shouldn't be seen as anything good either. It's horrendous to have not 506 on trolleys. 51 of those um, are in UHL, uh, which will be our, um, our our regional hospital here in the Midwest. Um but you know what? Those figures aren't anything new, unfortunately, for UHL. Uh, what we saw in the last few weeks has been a national crisis of trolleys, uh, but there has been a perpetual crisis of trolleys, I would say, in the Midwest region. So, yes, I hope to hone in specifically on that. Yes, it's a national debate, but I think uh, I think very much mm. central to everything tomorrow will be UHL. Uh, listen, why do you suspect UHL is almost seriously, serially the worst offender in this regard? Uh, for a number of reasons. Um, if you take this Midwest region, uh, my own mother was a nurse at UHL for many years. She's now retired. But if you take this Midwest region, we had at one time five accidents in the emergency department serving a lesser population. We now have one single 24-hour accident in the emergency department um, serving a far greater population. There was a decision taken, a political decision in 2009 uh, to wind back 24-hour A&E uh, in Ennis. Uh, that was a fundamentally wrong decision. And my own party were, I wasn't the TD at the time, but my own party were in power. And that decision, I think at the time, was made on the basis that it would create a centre of excellence in UHL. That never happened. If anything, I think it's been a centre of disaster every winter. Certainly, we've never seen the excellence we all strive for. Um, and I, I, I'm not blaming that on nurses or doctors. I'm blaming that really on the systematic decisions taken here. And really, you have a large population all funneled to one hospital system, the likes of which isn't seen anywhere else in the country. But there are solutions, mm. and we've discussed a lot of those last week with the Taoiseach and with the Minister for Health. Uh, the TDs from the region would have discussed those last week. Do you have specific concerns as well about the management of that hospital group? I do, and I've, I've referenced these at previous Arachtis Health Committee meetings. Now, I don't know what happens in some of the Dublin hospitals, but certainly in UHL, the management aren't based on the hospital campus. They're based about two kilometres up the road in industrial estate in an office building. Uh, before I was a TD here and I was a, I was a teacher, and I've never heard of a school where the principal is based two kilometres up the road or a guard station where the inspector is up the road. A captain must be on a ship, and that has to be the case in UHL. I don't think you can effectively manage a hospital system when you're not based on the hospital system. So I, I hope to address that uh, Surely tomorrow. they know what's going on on the ground, though. I think you have to be walking the boards. I mean, you can't have oversight of every niggling issue in a hospital, but certainly I think you have to be located on the hospital campus. It's not good enough, in my opinion, to be in an office building remote from where the acute care is being provided. You can maybe forget the reality of that overcrowding if you're not seeing it every day. Is that it? Well, I think I think you have to have oversight of every situation, uh, and I don't think you can have oversight. A captain has to be on the ship, and the same goes for hospital managers. Now, I'm not saying that's one component. I'm not saying it's the only thing at stake here. The real thing we need in the Midwest is more bed capacity. Um, 
and we need more staffing and I've come up with some suggestions to put to Minister Donnelly and I hope to put them to some HSE chiefs tomorrow. So what answers do you hope to get beyond the usual? Um, well, well, first of all, I, I think... No, very cha- it's very challenging, yeah. uh, uh, Deputy. You know, we're working our hardest, Deputy. We've had bed closures, Deputy. You know, we hope it won't happen again. Well, look, I, I, I believe we now are at the point where, and we've dithered and spoken with this far too long, but I think we need to have some national stipulation that those completing nursing or medical training in Ireland should remain in this country. And I'm not talking... This should be more carrot than stick. This isn't about... Uh, going heavy on people who are graduating and leaving this you know we want to encourage and entice them back but one of the suggestions I made to Minister Donnelly was uh, throughout the country my own mother would have gone through this system when she was nursing when you graduate it uh, you could live on the hospital campus in the old uh, nurses homes there were accommodation units on campus some hospitals still have these and they're lying obsolete maybe we need to look at a way of having these available to nurses mm. and medical graduates. So when you do graduate, there is a place you can live and there is a subvented meals and, and, and other ways beyond your core pay system that yeah. makes it more viable for you to be here. But, but you're still talking about preventing people emigrating for a period of time, is that it? Well, we are in a national crisis. Uh, we've been, it, it's, it's, it has sprung in the country in recent weeks, but certainly in the Midwest, we've been feeling this for far too long. Uh, it's a perpetual problem we have here. Um, they tell me, and I, I regularly speak with staff in the hospital, they tell me that the physical infrastructure is one aspect of it, and certainly there are inroads being made there. There's a new 96 bedlock already under construction. But they take two, two and a half years to come on stream mm. upon approval. These don't happen overnight. But the problem, they say, is not just the physical environment and providing more beds. They need staffing. And it's a struggle at times to get staff. It's particularly difficult to get consultants, for example, to come yeah. west of the Shannon. They simply don't want to come. And listen, and kind of intuitively, people will agree with the sentiment that, you know, if we have the staffing shortage and we're training all these people, prevent them leaving for a couple of years and you solve the problem. The, the other way to describe it is, you know, people don't want these jobs and your proposal is to make their terms and conditions worse. No, I, I would think if you're going well, uh, pre- to... Preventing people, uh, uh, telling people they can't emigrate if they want to be a nurse or a doctor for a couple of years sounds like making their terms and conditions worse to me. But, but there are many European countries, many EU nations, which require graduates to give a year of national service. Now, I'm not saying we should have that here, uh, but there have been debates about that. But I would think certainly at this moment of crisis, when there's a shortage of staffing, we're still stuck in the COVID period, we're, we've many other viruses doing the rounds and we have a crisis in terms of staffing and capacity in hospitals. I would think it's reasonable to expect uh, people from here on out who are in the education system preparing to be nurses or doctors mm. that they should remain here. But it's not just it's not just to hang on. I mean, if you can't go to Melbourne nursing or, or to Saudi Arabia, I think we need to look at uh, ways of whether it be to pay or other work conditions yeah. to make it attractive for them to be here as well and and right now I think a lot of them in the final semester look at the quickest airfare out of the country and we've got to turn that around. We, we have a housing crisis as well should we prevent tradespeople from emigrating? No well look, that's a whole other debate I, I just think there's an immediate well, I just wonder there's the same logic not about, there's a pretty immediate problem in housing as well and we've got a labour shortage I mean should we stop builders leaving the country? People do a trade Look, and the state invests in them doing a trade. Should they have to stay here for two years? Look, I, I think we have a fantastic education system in Ireland where, by and large, I know there are a lot of ancillary cost accommodation, etc. But by and large, 
tuition fees and, and most of what people face at third level are provided for the state. And I'm, I'm not for a moment suggesting that everything's free. There are costs, a lot of costs involved. But if the education's free, it isn't in many countries. I think in this moment of time, when we have a shortage uh, in the health sphere, I'm not sp- speaking of other spheres at the moment, but I think we should look at ways of having them back here. That, there was that devastating photo at the beginning of uh, COVID here where we had, I think it was 100 um, Irish fully trained qualified doctors uh, on a beach in Australia. Uh, we need these people at home. Uh, we had a poverty report on my own county of Clare published just a few weeks ago which suggested our county, ever before you get to the hospital system, ever before you get inside accident emergency departments, we are 33% behind the rest of the country in terms of GP care. We simply have gaps in rural mm. care where a GP retires or passes away and we can't get someone to complete it. So it should be no wonder that people are getting dropped off at the doors of accidents emergency when there isn't community-level care. And I think we're going to have to put in some stipulation short term hopefully that graduates maybe for this year and maybe the following year that they have to remain here but it's not just remain here I think we have to stitch in a whole load of other things to actually make that attractive and viable Like I said I suspect lots of people uh, will agree at the same time people will uh, remember that uh, was it the late 90s uh, or or the early noughties when Mary Harney announced the, the, the national emergency crisis, uh, trolley crisis. Uh, it's been going on for some time. Uh, so the point I'm getting is you talk about a short-term thing. Uh, they, they worry this short-term ban on, on, on emigrating as a doctor or a nurse might be short-term in the same way income tax was a short-term measure imposed during the War of Independence and not our I, one. I, I, think, yeah, it, I think the crisis has worsened certainly in the last few weeks and now it's compounded by a whole range of respiratory viruses on the rounds but in, in our corner of Ireland uh, this is a problem we have felt with magnitude for many years. Um, in my office, just to tell you a little example here, uh, we would get 100, 120 emails a day into the constituency office. But there is an email we get nearly every week, and it's from a recruitment agency. Can you please help out Dr. Uh, X, Y, and Z, who are trying to come here uh, from an, an, an Asian or an African nation, and they need help with some of the red tape to come here. Now, they're very welcome and they're valued in our health system. But there's a revolving door because that same door that brings somebody in, a, grad, a medical graduate from another country, is turning the opposite way and sending a medical graduate from our country out to the, out to the Middle East. And I think at a time of crisis, I think government and the health service will have to look outside the box uh, at, at this. I've also suggested to Minister Donnelly that some of these hospital, the new bills blocks we're looking to, to achieve um, I think we need to look at outside the box ways of getting those as well. Tala General mm. Hospital acquired uh, a commercial, uh, a retail premises across from their hospital. The Reeves Centre, very successful. And I've been suggesting that we look at hotels here in the Midwest, particularly okay. particularly one across the, across the street from UHL. We need to be looking at ways yeah. like this rather than always saying, let's build one and let's wait four years okay. to be built. We need capacity now. Cahal, listen, I appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us. Cahal Crow is a Fianna Fáil TD. He's a member of that Oireachtas Health Committee, the HSE, appearing uh, before us tomorrow. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.